Hello again, everyone. This is Dan Duva. Welcome to SLGND, the Sheriff Lawless and Some Guy Named Dave podcast, presented by the D Hotel. The Golden Knights are stuck in a rut. One win in seven games, routinely squandering leads despite often promising starts. Each member of the show offers an assessment of the team's play of late and what are the areas of focus to get the wheels on track. What are the roots of the team's struggles? When Vegas is going well, how are they doing it? And how can they sustain it? What kind of change is needed and what to watch for next as the team plays Saturday in Los Angeles and home Sunday against Calgary, the start of a four-game homestand? It's SLGND, the Sheriff Lawless and Some Guy Named Dave podcast, presented by the D Hotel. And now, here's Dave! You know what I love, Dan, is that regardless of the fortunes of the team, your intro to the podcast never lacks gusto. Well, thanks, Dave. Way to do it. I'm excited to hear from you. <laughs> not many people well, are. You're in the minority. It's a Believe small me cast. when I tell you. It's a short <laughs> list. You might not even have three names on it. Uh, Glad so to be here, though. Yeah, it's wonderful to have you with us. Uh, the Sheriff Lawless, Some Guy Named Dave podcast from our world headquarters in downtown Summerlin, presented by the great D Hotel, the official downtown hotel of the Vegas Golden Knights. Not good times in VGK land, to say the least. Uh, the Golden Knights have lost four in a row, six of their last seven overall, coming off a tough loss against Chicago Blackhawks last night. So since the win over Anaheim, which I think we all can agree was their best game of the season, They've lost six of the seven since they've played. Um, so I guess maybe we just kind of go around the table a little bit, Shane. What do you what do you make of their struggles in this stretch? That would be part A. And then part two is how do they get out of this tailspin right now? Well, you, you can't sugarcoat anything. It hasn't been good enough. Not even close. And for a team that had such expectations and pressure for the first time coming into this season, uh, they haven't been able to deal with it. Um, it's going to be up to that group. I still believe they can turn it around. Uh, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of glaring holes in the game right now. When you look at it, uh, uh, there's been some games where you see glimpses of what they can do, but the consistency, which I think we talked about last podcast, still isn't there in their game. I think a, as a group, they're not in unison. Um, it, it starts in the defensive zone uh, for me. Uh, you look at how you create offense. Uh, you don't get to offense unless you play defense. The, the, the game is about getting the puck, moving it north on the ice. Uh, you know, I, I, you know, Misha Donskoff d- describes it the best. The work zone, D zone, the speed zone, neutral zone, the fun zone is the offensive zone. Well, they haven't had much fun zone time. It, it's been too much, and if you spend too much in your own end, you don't have the energy to move the puck. That's what the game of hockey is about. That all said, they're, you know, they're out of a playoff position, but they're only two points out. They're only five points back of first in the Pacific. So there's still 62 hockey games left, but things need to change. They're at a point here as a group of players, a group of professional athletes, that they need to understand that it has not been near good enough, that they all need to be better. They need to look at one another, look at themselves, and collectively find a way to fix this. And it's hard. Confidence, when you have it, it's the greatest thing to have. When you lose it, it's the hardest thing to gain. Their confidence right now, Gary, is going to be pretty fragile. You know, you look at those six losses in the last seven. In five of those six, they had the lead at some point in those games, including the last three home games where they had two goal leads in all three and lost all three. Yeah, well, you hear Mark Stone talk about it and he talks about the puck not going in and he just, we watch it 
they get off to a good start, and then there seems to be like a point in the game where they just they stop being able to make plays, and they're not they're not passing the puck cleanly out of their own zone. And I, I I'm not not a coach or a former player, so systems I I wouldn't pretend to speak about them because I I don't know enough about it. But I would say this: whatever systems they're employing, and I kind of have an idea of what they're doing. Might not be a bad time to mix that up because I think it kind of I think right now they're well the execution isn't there. The execution isn't there. They're not they're in their own heads for sure. And you know, you if if you came in tomorrow and said, We're gonna tweak the D zone, what we do in the D zone, all of a sudden everyone has something else to grab onto for a little while and you forget about the result and you start thinking about process, and that's what you need. If you're going to win a Stanley Cup, you need to be a team that can rely on its process. When the score is 2-1 for you or for the opposition, you need to rely on your process and have that carry you through so that you win the game 3-2. And they're not, they can't do that right now. They can't rely on on their process. And that is, uh, listen, we're in uncharted waters here. And a lot of this should have been faced in year one, except... Devon Carpens and uh, and uh, Jim McKenzie's and Kelly McCrimmon and George McPhee's of the world did a pretty good job bringing a bunch of good hockey players together. And the head coach here and his staff did a real good job figuring out how to use those players. So they haven't been through, they haven't scuffled like this before with expectation, as Shane said. So uh, listen, uh, for me, organization-wide, it's time to earn your paycheck. It is time for the players to kind of you know, figure out a few things. I think it's time for the coaching staff, which is a really talented group and a, a group that has a ton of strengths. I think it's time for them to look inward and say, what can we do? I think it's also time for hockey ops for management to go, how can we help? It's interesting, Dan, when you look at it. So they lost five in a row once all last season. It was late in the regular season. They've lost four in a row as we sit here now. The next game is Saturday in LA. You know, Nate Schmidt was talking the other day about Part of maturing as a group is knowing how to handle adversity within a game. And when they hit it, you know, there's this old saying, instead of, oh, blank, it's blank you. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, I don't. Reading between, <laughs> between the lines, so you guys can figure it out. That's, that's, a, that's a Shane Knighty and Gary Lawless conversation. There it is. <laughs> but in, and, and, the, and this team, especially the first couple of years, they would shrug off when a goal was scored against them. No problem. They'd come right back and seen with a good shift of two or three right after that. Now it's the other way around. You can see it where the oh no, oh and no, here we go. Right, and, and that's I, what's happened. I, I think, guys, that the stat that exemplifies this the most is the first period goal total. The Knights have scored twenty-eight goals in the first period. That's six more than any other team in hockey. Washington Capitals have twenty-two first period goals. Best first period scoring team. Half of their goals have come in the first period. Half. And in the past, that first period scoring would kind of put an opponent out of its misery, almost yeah. take the game away from yeah. an opponent. And now, as you as you point out, Gary and, you, and you, Dave, you bring up Nate Schmidt, that adversity within a game, it it they can't quite get over that hump. And if it's execution, if it's physical, if it's more, as you say, Gary, in mental their heads, well. mental, right? And I asked that question to both Gerard Gallant and Mark Stone on our radio pregame show yesterday, and it seems to be a mix of both, and it's, I'm sure, different for, there are 18 individual skaters on the ice. It might not be the same for each guy, 
I'm, I'm, I'm not going to paint with a broad stroke and say it's the same thing in every case, but it is hard to ignore the reality that they have done well early and they have faltered late. Here's some numbers for you. My basic math, which is always subject to, uh, it's always an iffy proposition. Get out the abacus. Here we go. Add uh, care of the one. In the last seven games, they've lost six of those. They have been outscored by a total of 11-4 to in the third period. One of those four is the goal that Nate Schmidt scored late last night in in garbage time. So for, you know, their inability, think about them leaving points on the table against Montreal and Winnipeg. The worst of the bunch was in Detroit, right? And we can maybe go through the road trip a little bit, but you go into Detroit, the last game of the road trip, Things are going pretty well, right? Well, They're they started well. I didn't. You didn't mind the game in Columbus yeah. and Toronto as well. But then after that, Washington and Detroit, yeah. Washington, not close. Detroit, though, have the lead in the third period. And then once the Wings— 30 seconds away from at least a point. Right. The Wings score, Bowie scores to tie the game. And I know Gerard Gallant said he liked the first 55 minutes. I kind of thought once Bowie scored, you could see that goal give Detroit energy. And the next thing you know—and I'm with you, Shane. All right, well, they tie the game. All right, let's get it to overtime. You get a point out of it and see where it goes. And the next thing you know, well, they're forcing, and, and it was a forced play. Over. You yeah. know, they're they're for, guys are doing uncharacteristic things. They're trying when you're in the when you're in a slump as play, you try, and that's where the mental aspect of the game comes in. You've got to got to go to your strengths. You can't try and play outside your box, and and that's what happens. You start doing things. You know, Braden McNabb, that bad pinch trying to cut off a pass that's waist high. That's not like him. He's safe. He's smart. He's yeah. reliable. Um, you know, but I think and Dan talked about it. Their inability, what was one of their huge strengths to bounce back. The a game is momentum. The other team's trying to win. They're going to have pieces of the game too. But their inability now to take back momentum when they lose it. Last night, they go up 2 nothing. They give a goal up. Unable to come back. Alex Tuck, they think it's 3-1. It isn't. What happens? 3-2 Chicago. 45 it, seconds it's, later. It's just they, they, right. they haven't yeah. had that ability to take back momentum when they need it. It's the ultimate schoolyard, right? And yeah. you, you've got a chance. You know, there's like there's a kid that's got the arm out of his, his arm out of his socket, and you got a chance to whack him. That's what you do, right? That's uh, you take advantage of anything you can. Aggressive. I'll tell you what. <laughs> what with the brass knuckles, <laughs> I'll tell you what. Oh, the schoolyard's well, like a good, beer, a, the Los Angeles Kings are licking their lips oh. right now. Licking their chops. Like they can't, they're excited to play the Vegas Golden Knights. For one, Vegas has treated them, you know, like something they want to scrape off their shoe for a while. And now there's a chance to to give it back. That's, you know, the, the, the Kings are not going through. Take them all their down. It's, yeah, yeah exactly. Well, so that's what I'm talking about with the arm out of the socket. Well, there there you go. Go. My, that was a Lamont I've heard before. That one I don't know. Salt the, the eye for Mr. Yes, Fuji. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> For an object. How the referee never saw that is beyond yes, me. Yes. You mentioned the Kings game coming up, Gary. And Are I you guess. You my dark side there? Yeah, yeah. that was good. I liked it. <laughs> and you mentioned this too, Shane. Look, they are at the quarter pole, right? Yeah. They're, they're still a long still season. Still a lot You know, the St. Louis Blues kind of, and that's probably a, uh, certainly an aberration. You no, know, the did Blues crossed year. my mind this morning yeah. as I was like, uh, moping around the house. You can't where they were. You know what? That that can't be every team. That, can't that, be the that, blueprint? Every team that's at the bottom is going to say that. Literally, January 3rd. You're going to say that. There's going to be so many teams that have not performed that are going to just reference the St. Louis Blues. Yes. I don't agree with that. Of that course. was a, a unique situation. We're, hey, we're clutching at straws. I know. Come on. Now, now here's I, and Voice I guess of reason. the next part of that would be okay. It is 20 games in. It's not five games. Nope. It's not 70 games. Yep. How long do you give it? So let's. They juggled all three of their four lines last night, 
Alex Tuck comes back from injury for the second time. Cody Eakin really doesn't play in the third period. We're not sure his status. How long do you give it, though, until you, you know, if, if you think the answers are, are within, how long do you give it to try to continue to find those answers from within oh, before I, you I, look without? Uh, well, for sure, I would think that there are conversations going on right now. I, You know, McCrimmon and McPhee would be talking, and then uh, McCrimmon and Glant would be talking, and then is Gerard talking to, obviously he talks to his staff every day. They are have to be evaluating everything right now. And you can see that, you know, we've started to see some things. You know, Derek England, now a healthy scratch in three games total, right? Three the last you know? five. Three yeah, last five. Yeah. So uh, that's not a small maneuver for this coaching staff. This is a guy that, you know, they really leaned on and, the, and management extended this past summer. You know, Derek could have gone elsewhere for more money. And so that's not a small decision for them to make. Shuffling the lines the way they did, I think probably the next step is looking at how they play system-wise system and saying, okay, what what can we do? Now, this I want to ask Shane this. What can you do in season? Like in other sports, like in football, for example, you don't change your offense at the quarter pole yeah. of a season, can you change parts of your game structure-wise, system-wise, in the middle of a season? I think there's subtle things you can do. Yeah. I, you know what? For hockey, it's you know it's unlike football set what do plays. They play? What do they play in the defensive zone? Oh, they play man on man. So yeah. you you could maybe go to a hybrid of that, a little softer. You know, man on man. Uh, I think one thing they do is they get maybe caught running around, and you know they but they've played the system and it's worked. But maybe now with this personnel, they look at changing it. I, I'm not a coach. You could That's one of the things they could do. But they, they've believed in the systems. We've seen glimpses when they play with it. They're yeah. fine. Um, but, yeah, you could you could go to a little bit more kind of a zone type with, with man-on-man. But a lot of that's communication. A lot of that's playing with confidence, understanding when you're on the ice. Uh, you know, for neutral zone forecheck, everybody's pretty much the same. It's aggressive. It's a hard pinch by the D. We're seeing that around the yeah. league. Um, I love this. You know, we hear confidence all the time. And so, so I've asked uh, a couple of players. And I want you to kind of maybe uh, shed a little more light on it. When you're not confident, Nate Schmidt said to me, he said, he goes, when you're not confident, you don't want to communicate because you're communicating means telling somebody what to do out on the ice. You know, say, saying to your D partner, rim it, get it up the wall. Yeah. Pass it to me, you know, up the middle. Yeah. It's it's making a call. That's communicating. He, he said, if you're not confident, you don't want to make the call because if you get the call wrong, then you skate over to the bench and it's like, I got the call wrong. So Naber threw it up the middle. They intercepted it. Boom, it's in the back of the net. How hard is it to talk when you're not feeling good about yourself? Hey, it's everything. It's indecision, right? And it's not talk. You, you start, <laughs> the mind gets in the way. Hockey we talk. You have to have hockey sense. So obviously, you got to think the game. But but it's a reactionary yeah. sport. It has to be it, it's, it's a read and react sport. So you know a lot of those are instinctual. Uh, when you're rolling, things just happen. They go your way. It's it's not there. You know, split second the decisions made. When you're not confident, you take that extra second 
to say, oh, should I or shouldn't I? There's too much indecision. And that goes with communication. That goes with passes. That goes with executing a play. And you've got to find a way. And the word we use is simplify. I think that's the easiest thing. you got to have two things to work out. And I think one thing, obviously, compete and hard work is number one. It's the only way you're going to get out of a funk. Uh, Number two is, is you have to simplify your game. Don't try and do too much. Um, but you still have to execute at a yeah. level uh, where you can have success. I wanted to ask about a particular phrase. You used the word instinct. Shane. There's a lot of questions for Shane today. <laughs> well, you, you know, should have all I'm the You've been on some Sit terrible teams. <laughs> <laughs> Not really. I've won President's Trophy. I've won some divisions. Sit over here and take <laughs> a little nap, Shane. It's all yours. Might have been a cup. Go ahead, Dan. Sorry. No, I, I, I heard Max Pacioretty talking about how he wants the team to play a more in-your-face brand of hockey. Um, the phrase that comes to mind in, in for me is killer instinct. Yeah. And early in the game, and, and I'm curious what you thought about the early stages of the game against the Blackhawks, because the first several shifts uh, from multiple lines, they seem to demonstrate what I am calling a killer instinct. And it, it waned and you could come up with all the reasons why. But how hard is it to sustain a killer instinct? To sustain? Well, it's, it's a long grinding season, but I think everybody wants to have that. And again, that's I go back to the indecision. If you can't play with killer instinct with aggressive, tenacious, whatever word you want to use, if you're off that half step, that half second, you're thinking and you're not there because you need that... It's, Especially the forecheck, you've got to read. First guy in, the other guy support, F3 if you want to use that. Support, is the guy, is D-man, is he ready to pinch and keep that puck on the wall? Is there support behind? And yes, I like to start against Chicago, but there's still too much of that aggressiveness at the expense defensively. Odd man rushes. They've got to, and that's where they're just a little bit off on their reloads behind to support. They'd give it, it was like seven shots for Chicago, I think at the end of the first period. Six of them were great A's. Yeah. Like including a penalty shot in the yeah. first minute of the game. <laughs> yeah. And, and Taves breakaway. The the power and the like the shot that they got off the breakaway when the penalty shot was called, the goal for Kane. And Kane had Kane had like a carbon copy of that shot a couple of times where he, the, he was able to get wide open over on that right side. And if Flurry Flurry doesn't get over the first time, the second time he did get over, like it was uh, they really gave a lot but of that's early. that's you start you start forcing the issue you start pressing too much you're trying and that's where you get out of your game plan and that's that'll be that'll be what the guys talked about we're we're, we're you know they're doing things that is uncharacteristic of their team of their identity they want to set but that's that's why teams are going to struggle if you're in a struggle it's not because you're playing good no right. absolutely well yeah. and the other part Dan you talked about killer instincts and also at Certain times in games, for instance, they're in Detroit on Sunday, up 2-1 to one in the third period with a power play. Yeah. They score there. More than likely, the game's over. Now, you could say that, well, what do you, you don't know what you're talking about, Dave, because they've blown two goal leads recently in the third period. But you know what I mean? Like, there's certain points where you look at games and say, if they score a goal here, that should be it. Yeah, they, you, you, they, they you got to push people out of the game, yes. right? And that's like Detroit was looking for them to say, sorry, this one's over. And instead... They open the door. And that weekend, <laughs> that two-game set, Gary, the end of the trip, Washington and Detroit, should be a, a, a perfect case study. Unless you're, you're, play, you're fine-tuned in your game, it is irrelevant who you play. Yeah, They lost to the best team in the league in Washington on one night, and they lost to the last-place team in the league the next night in Detroit. It's the NHL. Everybody's exactly good. Right. You know? Exactly. Uh, Kerry Huffman, one of Shane's f- former teammates, yeah. was playing in Ottawa, 
And uh, they came into the dressing room, and it was, you know, I think they won like nine games that year. It was terrible. Came into the dressing room after two periods, and or after the first period, and they were down 3-1 or whatever, and everybody's yelling at one another. And Doug Smale, the former the grinder, looks around and says, guys, it's a good league. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, I Also, I love this. He said it just before he got fired, but I've always loved this. Claude Noel was coaching the Winnipeg Jets, and, He's t- they were going through a rough time, and he said, I'm not standing up on top of the ditch yelling at the guys, telling them what to do. I'm in the ditch with them with a shovel in my hand trying to help dig us out. I, I would. Yeah. What's going on downstairs right now? We talked about this in the radio broadcast last night. When they were down in the third, I, I said to Dan, I said, this is not ass-kicking time. This is back patent time. Like Gerard Glant needed to lift his group last night because they they they're a shell of themselves. They don't have confidence. So screaming at them at that point in time, I don't think, and I, and that's not what he did. And you saw him after the game, very reasoned. And you know, I liked so much about what we did tonight. This is a guy trying to help help the group out and not. Point fingers. A lot of times you hear that from coaches, right? They're hardest on their teams yeah, when yeah, they're the, winning. Yeah. Even the hardest ass coaches, that's the time they're the, the, the teddy bear. They're they're behind you is when when a team's at their worst. And you know the indication that that is, it seems to me, the right course of action. Chris Chapman on the radio post game show interviewed Nate Schmidt, and basically the question was after a couple of previous, Nate Schmidt, is your hockey team a good team right now? And Nate Schmidt, I think the first time I've ever heard him give him a one-word answer, no. Doesn't mean that can't change, but right now, right now that's what the players are thinking. Well, no, so this is, again, you know what I mean? We're in the midst of something that the fan base, the organization, uh, the, the players wearing Golden Knights jerseys have never, and the broadcasters have never experienced here before, where it is, you know, really going through a slump and really scuffling. So uh, sometimes you do lose perspective. There are a lot of good players on this team. Mm-hmm. A- and that doesn't make a good team, but you need good players to be a good team. And so they they, they do have the talent. They need to – they there some things need to be figured out and sorted out and tweaked for sure. But the potential for this team to win 15 of 17 – it's there, hundred percent. They've got a brilliant goaltender. They've got scoring. They've got you know, they've got a real nice young puck moving defenseman in Shea Theodore. There are good things here. I, I'm, I'm not suggesting. Oh, I agree. They're yeah. not missing a few things, but there's lots good here. Right now, they've yet to win more than two in a row. But I know what you're saying. Yeah. Like at some point, would it surprise you if they went on a run of winning? Well, they're going to need to. Yeah, they're going to need to to kind of. Well, just keep Get in mind into, that it's not also that, that far out. Of it, it, you know. what, what's interesting here is, and just to put in, in context, you mentioned, Dave, earlier, the five-game losing streak that happened late last year. But there was also, over the span of roughly a month, from about mid-January to mid-February, where they had only four wins in 15 games. And that had happened where, I don't want to say the playoff picture was shaped, but they couldn't go on a winning streak. They, they, it, we all felt that they couldn't quite catch second or first in the division. They were kind of resigned to third place in the Pacific. When it was early last year, you know, where they had some struggles, one win, it was a shootout early on. It wasn't quite as long, but there was kind of a hope that, well, Nate Schmidt will be coming back after 20 games. We're not quite ready for 
right now, they haven't gained anything. They've not accomplished anything, and there's not a light at the tunnel either. So that's why I think this is particularly different in terms of not just that they are having struggles, one win in seven games, but it's also that there's there's not a light necessarily in the you know ahead in the tunnel and it's also not at a point in the season where they've truly accomplished anything they were one in four last year to start the season and then you're the kind of stretch you're talking about dan i'll even take it a little bit further they lost six out of seven in february until they traded for mark stone and i remember we talked about it at the time guys they needed something to change in that lineup you know they were they were just kind of at that point middling along and you probably i think you're right dan i they I think they knew they were going to be in the playoffs. It was pretty obvious they were going to see San Jose in the first round for the most part. But then they made the stone trade, one, you know, whatever it was, 10 of 11 after right, that. Exactly. They, they, were, they, they had the 15 games prior to the stone trade, they had four wins in 15 games. And then in the next 11 games, they won 10 out of 11 after the trade. Let me take care of some business real quick. Uh, here's some good news. Uh, and Shane and I experienced this last night. Mm. Oh. The mm. tasting salon at T-Mobile Arena. See, what? When, what when, were you doing last night? I was working. Yeah, me too. We were enjoying some ahead. red wine. TV uh, So <laughs> if you go to the next home game at, at, at the Fortress, go behind Section 17 to the Foley Food and Wine Society Tasting Salon. Do they deliver? Yeah. <laughs> we can work on that. Shane and Dave didn't deliver to us. No. All the wines we could use a, a commemorative VGK wine glass, oh, wow. which you can take home with you. Oh, so nice. be sure to stop by. Uh, we were there last night. Uh, and it was good timing. What, and the wine got flowing, especially because we were there for the post and then the immediate uh, <laughs> oh, two goals. No, so we're there. Two. Everything's, yeah. There's, 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 there's a terrace good. outside you can go sit at, too. We were out there. Non-smoking terrace, lovely. Oh, nice. Yeah. So go there. Well, most nights we can't, but other people were doing the game on TV last night. So Shane and I, instead of sitting around doing nothing, they asked us the night. Well, we were watching people, the game. We could watch, watch the it there, too. But then we were able to watch it there and had a glass of red. And then once things took a turn for the worse, had a couple more glasses. <laughs> yeah. Two goals in 45 seconds. Uh, you asked something interesting earlier about how long do you go yeah. with internally before looking externally. So that's a, a fun exercise. We won't trade anyone from the Golden Knights because, well, for obvious reasons. But. Let's acquire a player. So you, so obviously something has to leave, but you know who cares what that's going to be for the for for the for the fun of this exercise. Who would you be bringing in if you could bring in somebody right now? I'd bring in. The, they need to fix their back end. They need to fix something on that blue line right now. And that's that's no knock on what they, but it, it's obvious the breakdowns they have in their own zone, their inability to gain possession of the puck, move it out of their own zone effectively. Some of the decision-making, and look, I know it's easy from where we sit. Yeah. The game happens quick. Yeah. They have to sort out their own because, to me, everything flows from that. They can't move up the ice effectively. They can't generate any speed. They can't get in on a four-check and sustain a four-check. So now, that being said, who's who's willing to give up a defenseman? I don't know, but to me, I would I would. St- I have some thoughts on a couple of other areas, but I would start there. Well, you made a really interesting point earlier this year that you were worried that the blue line was kind of caught in a little bit of limbo. What I mean by that, Lawman, yeah, is so if if they have their issues on the back end right now, which I think we can all agree. Look, we all have right? no no one's disagree. They have the, relatively the, the, the blue line has eyes. is hasn't scored, right? Hasn't produced any offense, and we watch them every night. The this team struggles to get the puck up ice. So. And they're high on all these young kids. That's and we all know who I they are. Internally, there's options. Right? But my question is going to be along those lines, Shane. If 
If those guys are not really ready, and we've seen Haig up here, we've seen Bischoff up here. Uh, am I missing? That's it. Just those two, Dan, just right? That's it. Well, in the regular the, season. The, in the regular season. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when they're the others, you know, White Cloud and, and Coglin and Schultz, all in the American Hockey League. But if those guys aren't really ready, and I'm talking ready to play every yeah, yeah, in the yeah. NHL, yeah. and what you have isn't getting it done, are they in that no man's land? Well, I, don't I don't know if they are. I don't know because we are, haven't seen you, those guys up here. How do you remedy here? it? Right. Like we tra- seeing Nick Hague, I get it. You know, makes that mistake early in the game, flurry. Thank goodness they didn't score on that penalty shot. But then, then look good. at the play he made on the goal. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like a six foot six young defenseman making that play, using his reach, getting that shot through. That was a fantastic play. Who from did he the young drill defenseman. along the boards? Was it Kirby Doc that he hammered in front of the Blackhawks yeah. bench? Might have been. But anyways, you're seeing strides in his yeah, game. There's going to be some hiccups. He's learning it, but you can live with it because you can see where, where that's yeah. going. So I like that. I like where Nick Haig is, is going to continue to progress. You know, uh, I, I'd like to see more of Jake Bischoff. I'd like to I'd like know, to see Zach Whitecloud pretty Zach soon. Whitecloud. Started, Dylan Coughlin yeah. had a tremendous camp. Coughlin has three goals in his last two games for the yeah. Chicago Wolves. So, so Whitecloud, and he, he started slow, I think probably disappointed that he was And uh, here's the thing he was sent about down. calling a guy up like that. We yep. saw that last year. What does that guy bring that maybe they need? Yep. yep. The only other part of that is for a guy in particular, I'm thinking of. But it's Coughlin. easy for us to throw around all this. Yeah, oh yeah. That's what that's yeah, what we're 100%. doing. Yeah. Well, just I mean, imagine if let's just say you're Dylan Coglin, you get called up, and you're inserted into a lineup with a team that is one, three, and three in its last seven games. Is that the best circumstance to bring a player in? I, I mean, I, why not? I don't know. Yeah, he's for him to play in the NHL. He doesn't care what the record is. He's only looking. He's not looking at the past. He's looking at his opportunity. This great moment. I don't think he he's worried about the team at that point. He wants to help them. Yes, win. But I don't think the other stuff's in his head. So I look we, at the Boston Bruins who took Charlie McAvoy. And threw him in there right away. Now you got to play with uh, Zidane Chara, mm-hmm. which is a pretty good security blanket. But he, he's been excellent. Brandon Carlo, uh, you yeah, know, he was he was a good surprise. Stepped yep. stepped right in for them. And uh, I, I I think for me right now, if you are going to scuffle a little bit out of these defeats, out of this, I think you have to fail forward. And you got to there's got to be some growth. So if if you are going to go through a rough time right now. I, I'd want some of those kids getting experience out, out of the, yeah. Yeah, the situation. And if, and, you know, I think that's, I don't know, to a degree, is that the only way you really find out? Yeah, 100%. Whether they're ready or yeah. not. Well, I, so like, the I think Nick Hegg is ready. I've seen yeah. enough of Nick Hegg. I think Nick Hegg's a National Hockey League player. Uh, you know, I th- they've mm. sheltered him for sure. And I think that a little bit as time goes on, that there's going to be a little bit less of that, a little bit less. Of, because right now they are in a difficult situation. And I understand what the coaching staff is doing. But when you use Hag with Theodore and their ice time gets trimmed back because you're sheltering them and then Holden and Merrill's ice time increases, they become your 3-4. And that's not what you want. Like that's you want the, you want everyone playing in the right slot and Holden and Merrill are a real good third pairing. I don't think they're. I don't think they're a middle pairing. I wonder how much of it is, and, and I'm, I'm only going to bring baseball in because their positions are better defined. What if you've got, you know, six great young shortstops coming up in your system, but you have, say, Derek Jeter playing shortstop for the yeah. New York Yankees. Yeah. Where are you going to put those guys? They're great shortstops. They should be in the major leagues. You're going to put them in the outfield. 
You're going to bring him in off the yeah. bench. You're going to throw him at well, that's third base. And so I, I, there's no doubt in our eyes, I think, that there's a lot of talent with those young defensemen. Potential. There's potential. There's potential. Which of the players, uh, you know, it's it's gauging the, the potential. Where should they be? But also, what are the needs? What are the the the, the skill set right now? We're talking about speed right now. And skating I think that, and puck skating movement. Skating and puck movement, right. It encompasses those things. Where are, the, which defenseman has those skills? Who is most ready to be in the NHL? It's not necessarily who's most ready, who's most ready and has the right skill set that they yeah. need at this point in time. And then the, so then the other point is if you have Derek Jeter and you've got six shortstops, you don't need six shortstops, so you can move one of those shortstops. Trade stops Eric to... Brandstrom to the Ottawa Senators for Mark Stone. And my yes. question, and I, I was saying, I had another thought on this was, it's going to sound a little bit strange. Do they have enough up front? Once you get past the top six, and Alex Tuck said, look, he's played two and a half games. Cody Eakin has yet to score. He left last night's game injured. Cody Glass said a pretty nice rookie season, but he's a rookie. He's a twenty-year-old kid. I, I, you know, Shane, you've talked a lot about what you've liked, what you've seen from Nick Waugh. Right. Oh, I'm a big fan. But, you know, right now, once you get past the top six, because you got to give Tuck an incomplete just because he hasn't. Yeah. Right? That's a good, good way to put it. They, you know, they've, in their last five games, they've scored seven even strength goals. And Will Carrier scored the one, right. you know. So what? <laughs> you know, like. And we don't know what Eakin's deal is. I, yeah, but do they? My, my, I need to see more Alex Tuck in that top nine before, yeah, before you can make so, a determination. Well, yeah, because okay. I keep looking at, uh, you keep hearing the name Taylor Hall out there, and I keep thinking, you know, boy, wouldn't he look great here? But he's an unrestricted free agent at the end of this year. He's going to get paid. So it's, you know, and do you have room for him? Probably not on term in terms of salary. So a deal like that, you know what I mean? You're gonna you know ship a prospect for for basically a one year rental. That's a uh, that's a pretty drastic maneuver to make at this point in time. Although the guy was the MVP a couple of years ago. Uh, my other concern in along those lines, guys, is um, teams ahead of them in the standings. All those teams missed the playoffs last year. Right. Edmonton, Arizona, and Vancouver. They've all improved. Right. They've all improved. Oh, and Kelly McCrimmon said when right. start of the year, what what's the biggest challenge? Or what do you think of the Pacific Division? What's what and he said one word, improved. Right. So, you know, I'm looking at it right now as we sit here on November fourteenth. You know, Calgary's at, the Golden Knights are, you know, they're in ninth, but whatever. I mean, that's that could change in a couple of days. But that's you know, I guess it all depends on how you look at it. They're not <laughs> where the Kings are. They're not where the Sharks are, but the Sharks, as much as it pains me to say they, it, they got, yeah. they've gotten better. And they're they're they've a team. Four in a row. They're a team that could come. They're, they're they have the same ability as Vegas. They could right. go on a run. Anaheim's only a point behind the Golden Knights. So I guess I remember in our podcast we did like a season preview and we kind of said, you know, <laughs> the, the eight teams that made it. Oh, Knucklehead said uh, me. The eight teams that well, made we it in the Pacific. <laughs> I knew who you were referencing. About it. The eight teams that made it in the Pacific last year is going to be the same eight. Well, right now, the three top teams in the Pacific Division all missed the playoffs last year. And, you know, the Central Division's kind of held to form. St. Louis, Colorado, Nashville are still are still really good teams. But, you know, it's not like it's, okay, it's the Golden Knights and Calgary and San Jose like it was a year ago. It, the, all the teams in front of them missed the playoffs, and they're all better than they were last year. Yeah, and, and without having seen some of those teams in person, like we haven't seen Edmonton in person yet, we remember having seen them a few years ago when they were a playoff team. 
we've seen the Knights, you know, a couple of times play up in Edmonton. It didn't go well, really. We saw Arizona. It didn't go well in Arizona. We, we saw Arizona. Uh, we're going to see Calgary here on Sunday. Uh, you're going to see the Kings again uh, on uh, on Saturday. So, listen, there, there are, and, and Vancouver, I think that's the one that intrigues me the most because in terms of truly building, that is what, Interest me. Vancouver is really building, whereas some of the other teams, Edmonton, Calgary, they've got some of their players. Let's see how they perform with them. Vancouver seems like an organization that's really building towards something. Well, and before you get too excited, but we saw Buffalo great start now coming back down. There's still three quarters of the season left. Still, I still believe there's going to be lots of change in how the standings uh, move forward. And that's what makes the National Hockey League oh, yeah. great, uh, as opposed to some other sports. Just look at the New York Jets, my favorite football Who? team. Yeah, not not uh, not, not very the good. There, there's no hope after the first uh, couple of games. So, um, okay, this has been a fun podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully we get to talk about wins next time. I, I think the word would be cathartic. Cathartic, that's right. It's good. Vent. Get it all out. Get it all out now. You'll feel better. At least hopefully you'll feel better. So that's it, right? Um, Kings game on Saturday, mm-hmm. and then four more here. Uh, in Vegas, which uh, the Golden Knights, hard, you know, best home ice advantage in the league, but 4-4-2. Four, four, they lost their last three here at home, then. That's yeah. all right, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So hopefully that changes here uh, shortly as well. All right, it's been wonderful being with you three, as always. Pleasure is mine, Dave. And we'll talk to you next time on the Sheriff Lawless and Some Guy Named Dave podcast.